Welcome to the Restless Hearts Podcast, a podcast dedicated to spiritual reflections and conversations about our journey together as human beings. I'm Father Ray DeLugos, an Augustinian friar serving at Merrimack College as the Vice President for Mission and Ministry. This episode of the Restless Hearts Podcast includes the proclamation of the Gospel and my homily for the first Sunday of Lent on March 6th, 2022. You can view that full liturgy of the Word for this Sunday under daily readings at usccb.org. My sisters and brothers, the Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Luke. Glory to you, Lord. Filled with the Holy Spirit, Jesus returned from the Jordan and was led by the Spirit into the desert for 40 days to be tempted by the devil. He ate nothing during those days, and when they were over, he was hungry. The devil said to him, if you are the son of God, command this stone to become bread. Jesus answered him, it is written, one does not live by bread alone. Then he took him up and showed him all the kingdoms of the world in a single instant. The devil said to him, I shall give to you all this power and glory for it has been handed over to me, and I may give it to whomever I wish. All this will be yours if you worship me. Jesus said to him in reply, It is written, You shall worship the Lord your God, and him alone shall you serve. Then he led him to Jerusalem, made him stand on the parapet of the temple, and said to him, If you are the Son of God, Throw yourself down from here, for it is written. He will command his angels concerning you to guard you, and with their hands they will support you, lest you dash your foot against the stone. Jesus said to him in reply, It also says, You shall not put the Lord your God to the test. When the devil had finished every temptation, he departed from him for a time. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. You may have heard sometime in your lives, in some circumstances, the acronym HALT, H-A-L-T, which stands for hungry, angry, lonely, tired. And we use that acronym to call our attention to the times in our lives that we are most vulnerable to making really bad choices. When we're hungry, we're not ourselves. We can't concentrate all that well. We don't perform at our best. You don't study well. You can be irritable and angry. And the solution that we're usually told is have a Snickers bar and you'll be fine. Yeah, not really the best because a lot of times when we're hungry, we fill up the hunger with something that really won't nourish us and won't last. That's what I mean by we make bad choices or we let the hunger get the best of us and become an excuse for laziness, for bad behavior, and for other bad choices just to bring us comfort. 
Whenever we're hurt, we get angry. Whenever we don't get what we want or need, we're angry. And anger can push us to do, again, some really dumb things, dangerous things to ourselves and to others. And we feel justified doing it because, well, we're angry or we're hurt. And again, sometimes they suggest that there are better ways to deal with anger than lashing out towards ourselves or others and hostility and aggression and violence and revenge. We might get told to go exercise vigorously, punch something, preferably soft, something to release the anger, which, again, doesn't always work all that well. And often, we just let the anger push us into justifying choices that really aren't justified at all. And when we're lonely, we can be really vulnerable to doing really unhealthy things. Anything that will take away how uncomfortable, how painful it is to feel, to experience that loneliness that tells us that we don't belong anywhere, that we're not part of something, that we're isolated. And in many ways, our culture, our world, the stuff we have at our disposal can allow us to break that discomfort that loneliness brings very quickly, but not necessarily in very satisfying ways. So we might feel lonely and we get out our phones and go scrolling through social media and think we're connected with everyone in the universe. And all too often, the messages we get from that experience is, if you're lonely, you're a loser because you're the only one. So it doesn't really satisfy or bring us any kind of peace or connection that's real or intimate. And when we're tired, it's easy to justify being lazy. It's easy to justify not doing something, not studying, not showing up where we're supposed to show up, not keeping our commitments. And so we might, instead of doing that, we might do something like taking a nap or going on vacation or finding some way to not do what we're supposed to do because we're just too tired. And we might fill up the tiredness or address the tiredness with doing things that don't really bring us any rest or relief or any sense of sustained passion. So there are dangerous places, dangerous moments, places where in times when making bad choices seems like the right thing to do. And the solutions that we often have at our disposal are all well and good for the moment, but don't feed us and don't calm us and don't connect us and don't really restore us as much as we might think they would, certainly not the way we need them to. So those experiences of being angry or hungry and angry, lonely and tired 
are times that we need to pay attention to because we're really vulnerable. We can easily be directed towards things that are unhealthy. Even some of the things that are suggested to us as good and healthy may not really bring us what we need in those times of vulnerability. Certainly the case that after 40 days of not eating, Jesus was hungry. And he'd been alone, so he was probably lonely. And he was probably exhausted. And I don't know if he was angry or not, but when I don't eat for 40 minutes, I'm angry. So 40 days, I think this is going to be, be the case. But he doesn't do any of the things in response to that that we might ordinarily do to just make the discomfort go away. But boy, is he tempted to. He's tempted to use his power in an inappropriate way to take care of himself, not others. He's tempted to find a way to be powerful, dominant, receive honor and glory. And he's tempted to test God, to look at God and say, fix this for me right now. Do it for me. But he doesn't fall for any of those. Instead, he shows us something that is going to be hard to understand and is really quite paradoxical. But it also might provide us with a way to respond to our own experiences of hunger and anger and hurt and loneliness and tiredness. Instead of trying to get out of them, he goes into them deeper believing that somehow there's a way that we will be satisfied that will last, that will be truly sustaining, and maybe even transform us from irritable, angry, lonely, exhausted individuals to people with strength and energy and intimacy in connection. During the season of Lent, that's exactly what we're invited to do. There are practices that Lent has in it that invite us not to avoid being hungry or angry or lonely or tired, but to actually go into them, to find in there that which will really fill us and heal us and connect us and bring us rest. During Lent, we fast. Maybe not 40 days without food, but we make deliberate choices not to satisfy that surface hunger, and so become aware of deeper hungers that no stickers bar will ever satisfy. Hungers for love, hungers for compassion, hungers that we share with most of the human race. When we're angry out of being hurt, Lent invites us to go into the hurt, into the suffering, finding in our suffering, which might seem big,
big to us, huge to us, but suffering that we share with Christ and suffering that we share again with most of the human community. And instead of getting out of the anger and the hurt, we're invited to experience true and real healing. And Lent can be an invitation not to avoid loneliness, but to go into loneliness, something we call solitude, to be with yourself, even when you can't stand the company, to not get out of that tension and uncomfortableness too quickly, but sit and be, even with the parts of us that we don't like, that cause us to feel shame, that might be the least of our experiences. And we're invited to go into them in order to find there, in the depths of our loneliness, a God who loves us deeply in a way that no other connection can. And also, we'll find when we go into our loneliness that we are far from alone because it's an experience that everybody shares. We become aware that in loneliness, we're more connected with most of the human race than we are in any other way, and profoundly connected there with the God who's calling us and creating us. And when we're tired, maybe it's more than a nap we need. Maybe it's more than spring break. Maybe it's more than a self-chosen day off. <laughs> Something that the scriptures teach us and our religious tradition teaches us called the Sabbath, which is not a rest or a vacation the way we know it, but it's a rest that is meant to really restore our energy, our strength, our love in a profound way. We're invited, maybe when we're tired, not to isolate and withdraw, but to place ourselves somewhere where we can be given comfort and rest, nourishment. We can find that in nature. We might find that in prayer. We might find that in reading. We might find that even in studying. But a Sabbath is meant not to cause us to work harder, but to let God give us what we need and restore ourselves. And so we've just heard the story of Jesus in the desert, confronting his great enemy and our great enemy, who's using the experiences of hunger and hurt and anger and loneliness and tiredness to make us settle for everything less than what we really need. And during the season of Lent, we're invited to go when we are hungry and angry and lonely and tired into experiences that will truly feed us, really heal us, profoundly connect us, and give us the real rest that will restore us not just to get through the day, but to become ever led ever closer
to who we truly are. Children of the Father who loves us and brothers and sisters of everyone with whom we share this life.